0: I'm hype as fuck (laughs) to welcome to the Hung Up Podcast for the first time. Someone who, and I think I've, I've had several photographers on the show, a few artists, but we have today a special treat, a special guest, erotic pop illustrator, content creator, photographer, and and I there's probably more. I'll I'll let him introduce himself, Rich J, aka Black Boy Fantasy. Welcome to the Hunger Podcast. Yup, lovely see you. <laughs> Yo, let me so Rich, one of the things that I've loved about audio podcasting, and I've been doing this since 2017. And mind you, the new girls have come along and really um Evolved the space, which is supposed to happen. Um, and now mm-hmm. we see more video content. But I'm I'm from the old school podcast where right, it was right, all right. about audio, and a lot of us were influenced by radio folks like the Wendy Williams of the world. I'm raising my
1: hand. I love Wendy. Oh my oh. god. <sighs> She's Since she was a uh and vintage Wendy. Oh my god. I used to listen to that like in my college dorm busting out laughing. Yeah, like, New York radio. Yes, phenomenal, phenomenal. And it was like it was messy, but it was like her comedic timing. Oh my god, it, it was messy. very messy. Audacity oh, yeah, to have like Charlemagne and like people in their prime like backing her up with the messiness. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a time when
0: she was calling, cold calling people. cold calling celebrities to be messy and and to stir up mess. Um, (laughs) Wendy Williams didn't just talk about people, she was able, she was, she, she was ready to confront the people with the mess as well. Um, and we and and we know what's a
1: lost art with Wendy, it was a balance of being messy but also being a knowledgeable interview. Yeah. Um, I feel like nowadays um people are like so hung up on being clickbait so it's just nothing but mess Mm. but like they don't even research their guests or anything anymore it's bad it's so bad it is bad do you know how
0: many people i've personally interviewed and they just said you know what eric I appreciate you allowing me be in this space and really feel like I was interviewed because I've been on such and such podcast or I've been here, I've been there and I got on the show and they didn't even really want to talk about me. It was all about social media mess and what was wow. going on in the housewives. Mm-hmm. And that's because a lot of the girls do that to get the clicks and get the views. But here on the hunger podcast, we, we get in, we we can get into that a little bit, but it, always has to come back full circle. And and, and, and you know what I mean? And so, again, shout out to Wendy Williams, one of the people who pioneered and, and has influenced a lot of folks like me. One of the things that I've loved about audio podcasting since the beginning is that we get to hear from people like you who may not be super vocal on social media because, let's be honest, your art, the erotic fantasies, your photography, it all... Speaks for itself, hands down. And all, listen, people listening, if you're just meeting, all you got to do is click on one picture and just look at the comments. Look at the comments from the people. So it all speaks for itself. We know the community goes up for your work, but I just think it's super dope to have you on the podcast. We get to hear from the man behind the erotic pop art and photography. Again, thank you,
1: Rich. I really appreciate you for giving the Hung Up family some of your time. Thank you so much again for having me. I'm so appreciative and it pulls me out of my, my zone a little bit because I'm like, I'll be in a bubble. So I was like, this will be great. I think this will be really, really cool. So I was like, I'll definitely down. And then we were already like internet friends anyway. So I was like, yeah, let's do it.
0: Let's do it. (laughs) Absolutely. And for the folks listening, just so y'all know, you can support black boy fantasy a number of ways. Rich has a fantasy magazine. He has a coloring book. Um, the merch shop is popping. You can check out Black Boy Fantasy's Twitter. And listen, subscribe. Subscribe for that exclusive content. And I'm everywhere. Patreon. You're everywhere.
1: I got a little something for the girlies that like the erotic photography the the only fans girlies that want to see a little bit more behind the scenes i have that patreon i have i just made a new art twitter cuz it got banned which was ridiculous but i started a brand new art twitter uh, i will definitely get into that um merch is definitely popping popping a little bit too much I, i'm actually considering like hiring an assistant because I don't know the blessings I mean, are pouring in. Yeah, I think it's always been doing good, but I want to say like the past few months, it's mm-hmm. been like popping, popping, like overwhelmingly popping. Cause I also work like, you know, by day, I work a lot. Mm-hmm. So having yeah. to juggle my job, my passion, and with my free time photography, it's like I'm always working. This is what people don't understand. People don't understand understand we have jobs. (laughs) Yeah, they don't understand the grind. They just see Mm -hmm. the fruits. You know, they think you can just grab the fruits. And I'm like, no, (laughs) I've laid down the groundwork. You know, you see me because I'm in people's faces and I'm constantly putting stuff out. And, you know, that requires work. (laughs) So. And that may be contributing to that bubble
0: when I, I heard you say a few moments ago that you're, you're usually in a bubble. And the first thing I thought in my mind is like, well, you're an artist. And and yeah. you're probably in your head and thinking and constantly creating and evolving and doing all those things. Um,
1: and I'm sure, and that takes up a lot of head space. Uh, yeah, too much. <laughs> too much sometimes, I'm right? I'm permanently in my head. Sometimes I have to remind myself to come back to reality because I'm in my head. So. How do you, well, before you answer that
0: question about how do you come out of your head, um, I just want everybody listening to remember, so we we just listed a number of ways that you can support Black Boy Fantasy. And I think the one, the easiest way to get to all of that is by tapping the bio link. If you go to Black Boy Fantasy Instagram page, and that tag will be in the episode notes, go to his Instagram page, follow, subscribe, and tap that bio link and you can access everything we just talked about.
1: Yeah, get me out there. We love <laughs> yes. Support <laughs> the me, bitch. The link tree.
0: <laughs> link in bio. <laughs> Isn't that like, we say that so much as creators. Tap my link, link in bio. So in bio. how do you...
1: Don't, don't even DM me. Link in bio. It's all there, babes.
0: How do you detach? How do you pull yourself out?
1: To be honest, <laughs> I don't like... I'm, like, permanently in the matrix. Like, I'm actually, like, trying to, like, because I have, I'm just going to be transparent. Like, when it comes to my life, I have no balance. I have no balance. It's very chaotic. I'm in a permanent state of, like, because I'm a dreamer. So it's just, like, every now and then I have to, like, ground myself and be, like, boy you got shit to do like you can't live in la la land for forever but to be honest I don't I kind of just stay in that state of just like I want to do this and I want to do that like I'm very driven in that regard and there's really no coming down from it to be honest like even during my work hours sometimes like i find myself when i'm supposed to be on like zoom meetings and stuff if my camera is off i'm normally like sketching stuff from <laughs> the clock so it's it's really bad constant multitasking right but and yeah. that can
0: wear you down um i know personally i relate to everything you're talking about um, because anytime i get a free moment a break from work i i'm also trying to create i'm mm-hmm. taking notes i'm Writing down a question that I want to make sure I get in for next week's interview. I'm responding to a DM from a potential guest that I'm trying to get on the show. You know what I mean? Like it's always something going on. And I think it's important. And the reason why I brought that question here to you is because as creators, we're constantly pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. Mm -hmm. But what I hear a common denominator in a lot of these conversations that I've had with so many creators and what I can relate to too, is that there's not a lot of pouring back in. Not
1: any pouring back in. And I mean, I get it. You know, I'm a healer. I'm here to create, I'm here to pour out, pour out. And all of that's great. You know, I'm kind of wired that way. Um, What is it, INSF? But (laughs) got you. Yeah. I just feel like I have that responsibility to uh, water myself. And that's got to come from, you know, setting those boundaries, you know, not taking on those extra tasks, you know, Um, learning how to say no. So the things that you can control. You know, I told myself that this year, well, I really said that starting last year, but I didn't really put my feet on the ground. But this year I told myself, I'm gonna like tie up all loose ends, like for people that's wanting to collaborate, this, that, and the third, now's y'all time to get it out. Because starting next year, I'm not doing none of that. It's gonna be like 100% me um, doing the things that I wanna do because I want to get to a certain point before, like, you know, you can't be watering from a picture that got holes in it. Mm -hmm. So I want to get to where I want to get to before. I mean, I might not ever fully get there, but I just want to get to a certain point before I feel like I'm like elevating everyone else before me. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to do a better job of like saying no, because I'm like, I have a really big heart. And when people reach out to me, I'm normally like, oh, yeah, I don't have time right now. But, you know, let me see what I can do. Oh, yeah, I'll do that. But when it comes to me, I mean, I'm and I'm used to this, but people really only reach out to me when they need something. And I'm just like, uh. (laughs) yeah. Damn, can I get a, hey, how you doing? You know, so. And I think some
0: of it is how we show up. You know, we're, we show up as people who are constantly pouring out. And unfortunately, it kind of creates a standard and not necessarily a healthy one for how people view us and how people interact with us. And sometimes we have to reshift. We have to rearrange things. So that way, because we have to tell people how to treat us, right? Exactly. Um exactly that was one point I heard you, I wanted to tap on the other point. I wanted to tap on, um, is that balance you were talking about? And I think that's one of the main lessons of adulting is learning that balance. What can I control versus what I can't control because so much angst, so much frustration and stress can go into those things that you can't control. And I feel like throughout life, throughout, you know, the, the, the lesson, some of the hard lessons that I've learned, I've definitely been able to gauge a little bit more, a little bit better what I can't control versus what I can. And I, and I loved how you tapped on that. What I can control. Let's take a hold of that. Let's take a hold mm-hmm. of the things that we can control and remembering just to pour into ourselves. And I think that alone is pouring back into ourselves, like acknowledging that what I can't control, just letting that shit go. And I'm going I'm to I'm take this energy and pour into the shit that I can't control. Um, so let's start from the beginning. I want to talk about how we got here. I want to talk about rich. I want to talk, if you could just briefly talk about growing up, you know, who was rich? How did art influence you growing up? Did you draw? Um, how were you drawn to photography? Was that something that... You naturally had an eye for at a young age. Talk, give us an introduction to
1: Rich. So I've always drawn since I was like kindergarten. So I literally would draw everywhere. Like I literally would get whooped because I was drawn on walls. I was drawn on desk. Wow! Wait, uh, this.
0: Yeah, it was that so, bad. But the, you just so tapped in bad. on something, though. hmm Because so many... I wasn't a drawer like that because, yeah, you would get spanked or you would get in trouble or scolded by an adult if you did these things. I think it's interesting how it's it was like criminal... Like drawing, it was sort of criminalized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's because all you were trying to do was express yourself. Exactly. You loved it. And obviously... Through the beatings, <laughs> it didn't <laughs> stop you because you had a passion for it. I just wanted to call that out because we so often scold children for their creative talent. Exactly.
1: Talents. And you shouldn't be doing you that. Shouldn't be doing, you're doing that. Nurturing yeah. Nurturing that. Like I can I can give you a really, really quick example. So one of my cousins, my younger cousin, she has a son. And he has a thing. I'm, I mean, when I tell you this boy is brilliant, you could just tell it immediately. But what he was doing was okay, so you know the video game Call of Duty? Yes. Like I mean, several of those games. Yeah. So he has a collection of fake guns that he makes using resources around the home, like cardboard. Like he makes like little fake you know, AK-47s and, you know, machine guns, but using tools around the house. And Mm -hmm. then uh, someone in the family made a comment and they were like, oh no, you need to get that checked out. That's weird. And I'm like, no, this boy is clearly a prodigy. He needs to be somewhere where we can hone in on this. He This, He could be a gun maker or something. Do you? Are you guys not seeing what I'm seeing? Because this is clearly genius. I like, want to say clearly. Like, um, maybe in like the third. He could be the next. He could be the next Leonardo da Vinci. Like who knows? Exactly. But see, the difference is, I don't really want to get into the racial stuff because that's like a whole nother thing. 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 Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna just say certain people. Um, they know to. To hone in on those skills, and and as opposed to like reprimanding them for it, you know what I mean. But yeah, mm-hmm. just to touch on that a little bit, but to tie into that, um, yeah, I used to get in trouble a lot. Like, if you go to my old high school, you'll probably still find like desks that I like doodled on the stuff. It was that bad because school bored me.
0: I'm that a to team. me, that's like I, I watch a lot of history. Channels. And I feel like that's like walking into a cave or one of those Egyptian um, right. tombs, And you're seeing all this art on the wall and you're like, wow, someone drew this one time.
1: Yes. Yeah. It it's, gives exactly uh, that. because I, I love it. it. It was like hell for me. So it's like bother like wa like Charlie Brown, just babbling. I'm like literally like drawn on the desk the whole time because I like the texture of the desk drawn on a desk. So yeah, after a while, they was like, "Who is doing all these doodles?" Like every single day, I would do doodle on it. Is. But yeah, I kind of started from like, to be completely honest, just to tap on it just a little bit. I don't want to go into it too much, because you know how uh, I forget how they explain it, but they say when you experience certain types of trauma, it's like you kind of like block it out of your mind, sort oh, of, yeah. thing. as yeah. like just to internet. survive. Yes, to get through it. My younger years, to be completely honest, a lot of those chapters are completely like oh. self-eradicated because I dealt with like a lot of bullying and stuff. So, the most that I remember is that I was like really geeky. I mean, I'm still a geek, but back then I used to get bullied. <laughs> I used to get bullied like real bad, like real bad, like creatures said. like, but like the way that you see on TV. Like, I mean, I got my head banged against lockers and that's kind of like where my social anxiety part comes from, because I used to have a bully. He's dead now. I honestly think he was like a DL. But anyways, that used to just torment me. But anyway, taking that self-hatred out on you. Yeah. And a lot of it comes from it was just my outlet. You know, that was the way that I knew how to express myself because I was always very, I didn't really have a lot of friends or anything like that. I kind of just stayed, you know, that was kind of like my safe space. So I used to draw um, when I would get home from school. And you know what's crazy? Um, I never really was like an erotic art kind of drawer. I kind of just would just do anything. but. I can remember when it first started. I want to say it was maybe like senior year of high school. I used to kind of draw like naked, like Dragon Ball z characters and shit like that, right? But I was petrified because I want to say my grandmother um found like one of my uh, binders that I left over her house. And I thought she was going to like freak but my grandmother was an artist like she loved it she was like oh my god she was like do not ever stop and we we used to draw together we literally me and my grandmother um she was like a connoisseur she did everything she knitted she she did so many different things she designed she um she was writing a book before she passed like so she was kind of like where i think i got a lot of my um, artistic ability from and I'm thinking she was going to be one of the people that would you know reprimand me too and she like nurtured it so <laughs> after school I'm like how cool would you know drawing with your grandmother a lot of people don't have that type of experience right but yeah and I want to say um up until she passed a lot of the, she she created that safe space for me to cultivate that so I would go over to her house we would bake we would watch movies and and draw um she she even had her own binder that I kept um before she passed it's, it's in the garage but she was sick with the pencils and everything my grandmother but um yeah it, that's what I would say that was kind of like the origin story without going into a lot of the dark stuff I was like a geek. Um, drawn a lot. I I wasn't really like um social. I was just really, really um into like literature. I was like <laughs> the spell and be nerd. I used to win like spelling and bees and shit like that, and the kids fucking hated my guts. <laughs> but um yeah, I would say that's where it started and then I went to college. College was also awful for me in the beginning. And then it started to turn around, I want to say, maybe like the end of sophomore year where I started to like, that's when I became like an art education major. And I started to like, be around people within my tribe. So that's when things started to look up for me because it was like, damn, like there's people out there like like me. So it's like, that's when things started to turn around. And I made friends because I went to an HBCU. So like that was super dope to meet other Black. Where'd people. you go? Hmm? Where'd you uh, go? South Carolina State. Yes, yeah, South Carolina State. Yeah, Bulldogs. But yeah, it was really, really, um, it was like a huge turnaround for me because I was like kind of like emo and I was like hating people as a result of like my experiences. But then you know, when I met other people like me, that's when things started to turn around for me. And then, you know, I started to, to draw and paint. Um, then I went into my, you know, cause this is around a time that we started to switch into like digital art phase, um, like in the early 2000s. Cause everything used to be very, very traditional, like um, painting and sketching. But then, like they came out with like, um, you know, the drawn touch pads and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to learn that because I knew that's where the future was going. Um, so I put down the um, the pen and the uh, the pencils in the paint because um, a lot of people don't I don't know I'm really really skilled because like. I I used to have shows and all that in college, but I kind of transitioned into digital art because I knew, like, just me me being a business mind, I knew that's what the future would be. So then I started. Uh, I bought an iPad and I started like trying to hone in on like Photoshop, Illustrator, all those things that I knew would be the future, and I and I was right. Um, so I was like. To hustle, I would kind of like do like cover art for like SoundCloud artists, things like that. And they would DM me, you know, give me a little money here and there while I was like in school. So, yeah, that's kind of like my beginnings. I I started off doing traditional art. Um, I transitioned into digital art. So I would do like um, really big into like cover art, photo manipulation things like that. And then I honestly didn't get into erotic art until that page which was no longer than maybe what 3 years ago. So you guys are literally just seeing me, I guess, figure it out with the cuz you know how you kind of naturally um I guess you naturally figure out what your your niche is kind of thing. along the way, yeah, you and don't wake was. up with your
0: final result, like we're working towards whatever that is, yeah Through the content that we're creating
1: at all. it kind of just naturally happened mm-hmm. to where when i I tried it, I loved how fun it was. It didn't feel as okay. So with traditional art and things in nature, you know, people like realism, people like for you to do fan art and celebrity art and things like that. And I know how to do all those things, but it didn't feel like me. Mm. And I felt like an element was missing. Whereas with the erotic art, the way that I discovered that was like on free Twitter. <laughs> so on Freak Twitter, there's like... That unfortunately hair is going away. That's what I saw, but I don't believe that i don't I don't believe that, but we're gonna get into that part of the conversation, but yeah <laughs> on like dark Twitter and like you know that's where like all the like they call it bar art, but that's where I like the underground artists are, and I saw this stuff, and I was like, i wanna do this, <laughs> I wanna do this, but I want to put my own spin on it, so I wanted it to be. Um, Erotic, but um, I created my own art that I call erotic pop art. So I'm a fan of pop art. I was always a fan of pop art, like the Warhols, the Basquiat's, the Roy Lichtenstein. I wanted to merge the two to where I wanted it to be erotic, but I wanted it to be palatable because you know there's obviously censorship. So. I wanted to figure out okay, how can I take the elements of the art being relatable, kind of commercial, witty, sometimes funny, mm-hmm. you know, something that people can relate to, but still have the erotic side of it? Like, okay, this is hot. So that's kind of how I came up with my page. I don't, I honestly don't even know how I came up with the name. Because I needed a screen name and it just came to my mind. I was just like, I kind of like the way that sounds. So I created the Blackboard Fantasy page and I kind of just. And that's fantasy like, with a PH, y'all. Yeah, because I wanted something to where I could trademark it. Because if you spell it, you know, I feel like if you spell things the traditional way, somebody might have it. So it just kind of took off. And you know what's crazy is my page is still shadow banned but because like um i have like a cult following that like shares my stuff i literally like get engagement just off of the strength of like people sharing it because you know how they say when you're i don't well you probably don't have to experience that um you know, given that your page don't have that stuff on it. <laughs> but, oh, uh, I fight with Instagram about a lot of stuff. That, As a
0: matter of fact, really? and I, and we'll get into this later because I want to talk about this particular topic with, you know, being censored
1: yeah, on, on platform. platforms like Instagram.
0: But they took down the photo. I shared um, one of your pictures uh, really? a mean? few hours ago mm-hmm, on my story, and they took it down.
1: They are so ridiculous, mm-hmm. like, I'm surprised I even have that page to be honest, because I want to say they give you like four strikes. I got four strikes. They removed my page, but I think after like a review or something, they gave it back. You're talking about somebody heart dropping. You have a lot going on. I kind of like learned how to like keep it hot, but like stay within the guidelines. And then if you want to see you know the original that's not like altered you can go to like my patreon or like twitter or something Mm -hmm. like that but yeah these Mm -hmm. content guidelines are so ridiculous and then i would see like other people's pages. oh yeah
0: we'll yes we'll get into it (laughs) say yeah save it because we're gonna we're gonna get it because i see pink penises all over instagram um (laughs) let me just say um and so to, to tie back for folks that are listening um, we were getting into the beginning. How did we get here? And and Rich was talking about some of his influences growing up, um, what happened when he got to college. And I just, I'm glad you kept going for the past five minutes because honestly, I was over here in tears because you talking about how misunderstood you were as a child and then that memory loss. when you When you said that, I just kind of like, That hit me in my chest because that's the this is the first time I've heard someone say, you know, like I've heard the stuff online or or on TV or through other people, but knowing that someone that I know personally too can't remember a lot of stuff from their childhood, I have it, I that people don't and i I really don't have the words to process that so i I, i'm probably going to move on to the next question but people just don't understand that void unless unless you understand it right unless you're in it you understand that void and i also don't have a lot of photos of myself when i was Mm -hmm. a kid not because they weren't taken but it's because um a lot of stuff was lost in a fire um many, many years ago. And so I only have a few pictures of me. I'm looking at, I have a picture wall in my living room and I'm looking at it now. And I only have a few pictures of me when I was a kid. And so that memory loss because of the trauma and then coupled that with not having a lot of photos or memories, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm an eighties baby. So there weren't, you know, a lot of video recording and stuff going on like that back then either. Um, Not until like maybe the early or late 90s. So I just wanted to acknowledge you in that space and and really give you a virtual hug because you survived. You got through it. Right. Come on,
1: survivor. You survived (laughs) that. Like
0: truthfully and honestly, you survived that because not everybody gets through. Yeah. Not everybody gets through to tell their story, let alone share it. And so
1: yeah, people dwell on it and then let it consume you sort of thing. But I feel like I mm, kind mm-hmm. of, to, to feel me, to feel you. Yeah.
0: Did you have any queer influences growing up in um, terms of your art or just personally?
1: I do now. Okay. Um, when I was younger, I didn't. Um, only because I wasn't really exposed to the out- outside world I didn't get into all that until I was a younger... I was, like, a young adult, like, college life, where it's, like, you're on the internet a lot. That's where I started to, like, see, like, the Blasco arts and, like, all these different um, erotic artists. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that world before then. So before then, I was just, like, drawing anime and... um... Yeah, that's what I was into.
0: I was, like, hmm, I wonder... One. When did you realize that you were, uh, you identified, uh, you know, as? I, I, I. And I'm sorry, I didn't ask you for, in the beginning, um, your
1: pronouns and how you identify. He him, uh, yeah. trade, dom top. No, I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> Talk your shit. <laughs> no,
1: I'm being stupid. That that couldn't be further. I love it. I'm actually more of a side but I, Come on. I would say um I was always like I've always knew I was different from like kindergarten I would right. say so I always knew I was always like really different and creative and I was like bullied even from elementary school yeah. like yeah. the boys like you know because you were different they knew you
0: were different they treated you different Um, and you felt that so you it didn't come out in the art or did you suppress it did you feel like you had to suppress it Yeah, I think it it was suppressed um
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. talk about that as far as like living in my truth like I said I was a geek like you have nerds and then you have geeks I was a (laughs) geek so I I was a geek and then I was a late bloomer So I didn't even have my first guy-on-guy kiss until, like, college. Because in my mind, because like I mentioned earlier, I was very insecure. So in my mind, I still had that, that childlike mentality, like, you know, no one would be into me kind of thing because I would, like, hear a lot of the things people used to say. So in my mind, I didn't really like pursue anybody or anything like that until like college and even then I was like really really slow (laughs) Mm -hmm. like we're my like I had my first gay roommate in college right and we became the best of friends but when he met me he's the one that pulled me out of my shell because it would be the weekend, and I would be locked up in my room doing homework. And he was like, "Girl, what are you doing?" Like, <laughs> <where are> you <laughs> no.
0: Like I feel like that was pure destiny. Like that man was supposed really to was. be your roommate, and you were supposed to
1: experience yeah, and I him so much because he was like my first like queer like experience and like safe space. And that was back in a, like early two thousands where it was like. American Eagle and like yeah. Daryl Powell and that that ugly ugly ass shit and he Ooh. like took me to get some clothes like Hollister um, right <laughs> 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 like a little twink so yeah. all the like, white all the white West Coast brands just <laughs> yeah like I used to dress really um because that was like the Kanye uh what album was out I want to say. The graduation era album. Oh, I love that I album. Go That's the. And get yeah. the four for $20 polos and have the collar pop looking a mess. But like that was the thing back then. You know, the polo with the collar pop. Yep. Right. Yep. <laughs>
0: Right. And, and wait had- Gra-
1: graduation is the album the purple um album right with the art yeah, on the with the okay girl. just making sure yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, i was a huge kanye fan and my gay roommate was like girl <laughs> <laughs> did your did you
0: did you go to balls like what what, what were some of the experiences the queer experiences oh, you had with your roommate
1: balls but he kind of like he was like sex positive so he was like You know, he knew all the guys on campus and he would be like, we got to get you out. We got to get you talking to some boys. And I was like, no, thank you. But I still like learned a lot from being his friend because I was always at the dorm and he was like, he was a party. Like he used to have all the boys coming to our dorm, but they all knew me because he used to like, you know, get around and, and live his life. But I would always be at the dorm and they would be knocking on our dorm asking for him. Looking for him. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, uh uh-uh. And he was out. (laughs) He was not in the dorm. (laughs) Right. But yeah, that's kind of like my first uh, like queer experience was kind of like through him.
0: Thank you for sharing that. I think a lot of people will
1: relate to you. Where is he today? Do you know? I don't know. I need to, like, look him up on Facebook or something. The last time we, like, chatted was, like, many moons ago. Because, you know, Facebook, you can, like, find anybody.
0: Facebook is, yeah, it's like a reflection mirror or, like, a reflection pool. I feel like every time I go to Facebook, it's so different from other apps
1: like Twitter and Instagram that it's like a flashback to my
0: past.
1: I know. And that's all the more reason I don't use it. But if I do, I'll pull up Facebook and be like, oh, well, how does such and such doing? Because, you know, everybody posts all their business anyway. So all you got to do is a few clicks and check (laughs) on them like Beyonce. Yes.
0: Yes. So let's fast forward to where we were. So we're talking about how we got here. So let's fast forward today. So like from Rich. To now, Black Boy Fantasy. How? Why are you still passionate about this work? What, what keeps you going?
1: To be honest, this is probably going to sound a little weird, but I've been thinking about what's the word. I've been—I want to say—mortality. I've been thinking about my mortality lately, and I don't know. In my mind, I feel like time is running out. <laughs> And I want to have a legacy. Like, I want to be, like, if I was to be, like, gone tomorrow, I want to leave things to where, I don't know. I just feel like I would feel fulfilled if, like, my stuff is, like, kind of cemented sort Mm -hmm. of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, like, I can go on Google right now and, like, certain artists whether that be not even just creatively, but like anything music wise, it's like, you know how they just leave their mark to where even though they might not be here anymore, you could still like view their body of work and see their influence on others. I feel like I want to be that type of person. And I feel like there's work to do (laughs) sort of thing. Like in my mind, I just see like, a world of possibility and I feel like I've only even scratched it a little bit Mm. so it's like I feel like time is running out for me to get to that point if that makes any sense
0: it does as a creator but I have to say as a fan of your work it's super exciting to hear you say that because we are already in love with what you're doing so to hear that this is only the beginning I mean baby we we we're gonna buckle our see and we are
1: here and we are going along for the ride. We we are right. here to support you. Yeah, I, I want that for myself. <laughs> I really want that for myself because I feel like I feel like I'm way I have a lot more to offer than people see. Um, I kind of feel like what I've been doing is really just quick stuff, only because, you know you work day to day and you obviously have a passion and things like that, but there's so many hours in a day. So I feel like what you guys are experiencing and loving is amazing, but it's really just, I don't want to say it's popcorn because I put love into everything that I do, but I feel like if I really, really had the time or like, I don't know. I just really don't feel like I hear you. A little bit
0: of it. <laughs> what I want to do. Yeah, I I completely understand what you're saying because interesting take. A lot of people, until I tell them that I have a full time job, they don't think I have one. They think that I'm doing <laughs> the podcast a hundred percent. And I'm thinking to myself, how number one, <laughs> and then number two, I'm just thinking, well, shit. Think about what I could do if I wasn't working at nine to five, and I could pour into my work a hundred percent so i I
1: hear I hear what you're saying, yeah, I think they think that about all creatives, though, like it's funny to hear you say the same it's it's like we all get the same experiences. It's just so crazy, but it's like I'll be working fifty hours a week, but for some reason in people's minds, they think I'll just sit and draw all day in a room, and I'm like, no baby, like. I'd be grinding. People talk, complaining yeah, I about go. rent and student loans.
0: <laughs> like, how y'all think we surviving?
1: <laughs> well, I'm definitely not off of this. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I'm supported very well and, you know, blessed. But it's not enough to suffice completely. I'm not completely to where, you know, I would like to get to that point. I was where, about to say, but you would like to be, right? That's what it sounds but like. I'm not there yet. Um, gotcha. Gotcha. So yeah, I'm definitely not. <laughs> I kind of just do it with the little morsels of time that's left after working during the week. So imagine a person working 45-50 hours a week and then drawing with what's supposed to be rest days, and then on top of that, with whatever minuscule time uh is left, I'm doing like photography. So it's just like I don't even turn off. Mm,
0: That's what you were saying in the beginning. Yeah. I don't turn off at all, and I need to do better with that. Yeah. Talking about the beginning, let's go back, because you talked briefly, you touched on the Black censorship. And so let's get back to that, because personally, I don't feel... Like Instagram is an ideal place for micro creators and definitely not for black queer content creators, let alone erotic art, black erotic art. Now, that don't mean we don't see it because I see white erotic art, quote unquote, white erotic art all the time, because I guess pink penises are so on vanguard <laughs> We get to see that
1: all the time. All the time, like even back to the what is it? like the Roman statues and shit like that. Oh, yeah, like, it's so,
0: it's so, cre- everyone's so creative, but I guess a big old ass or a big old bulge, a black, a black bulge in a, in a, in a, in a, and that in a jockstrap is too so much. Racist. When I say
1: that algorithm, it's so racist.
0: It is. I so know racist. I've, I've almost, and I know you asked me a few moments ago, but yes, I've al- almost lost my Instagram page a few times because I, I don't do as much posting of other people as I'm, as I used to do. I'm mainly focusing on my content and what I'm creating, but there was a point in time where I would reshare a lot of what's going on out here in the community. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And I remember one time I reposted a um, Carter underwear post. Like I reposted it to my story and it was like a nude
1: underwear campaign. Mm -hmm. And I almost lost my page. They are so ridiculous. You know how many underwear pages there are, and they act like I'm not even gonna go on my rant about them. But, Isn't
0: yeah. it crazy? It's, it's crazy. So I have to ask you what do you, Black Boy Fantasy, have to say about um, the censorship of Black bodies on platforms like Instagram? How do you survive? And, and, and you, you touched on it briefly about how you've been able to like learn the tricks of the trade and curate your content to kind of get around some of the censorship. But what do you have to say about it? What else are you seeing out there? What concerns do you have? What do you feel like needs to change?
1: Um, I don't think it's okay because I feel like it's, it's great for their monetary gain, but it's like then when they get a certain point, then it becomes oh well we're trying to protect this and protect that no you're really trying to protect those pockets because once they get to a certain point then they're thinking about ad revenue and how palatable it'll be you know on the overall grand scheme of things so they try to cut ties with certain types of imagery and the only reason that they do that is because you know that taps into to their ad revenue, you know, not being able to to market, you know, when you have certain types of pages that are really really large on your platform, and Twitter is is talking about that now, but if you notice, it's like they'll use um they'll use, you know, that 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 underbelly of You know those type of creators for their their monetization, their revenue, their influence to build the platform up. Mm -hmm. But then when it gets to a certain point, try to discard those people, and then they're not having it (laughs) because there's been a couple of times where they've discussed, you know, eradicating the, the that type of content. But Twitter, baby, they was not having it. I remember it was like a thing, thing, like it was like protesting and all that. But I just feel like it's not okay because you can't um use those type of people to fuel your platform and then turn around and be like, oh, we wanna, we wanna purge. No. And then if you notice like Tumblr, they try to double back and be like, oh well, you know, you're free and you can post what you want, baby. that is long gone like the people's (laughs) done migrated i was about to say i didn't even know they doubled back because i thought it was done yeah if twitter is smart they they wouldn't even but they've been in talks about doing that for some time but i feel like it's been on a huge decline ever since uh elon musk took over twitter it's just not the same. It's very buggy and. Oh yeah, he's completely messed up the app from the yeah, very and beginning. I feel like if he does that with the censorship, I feel like that'll be the final nail in the coffin. Like I went back to that post, mm-hmm. and you know how um it'll have like a disclaimer underneath. Yeah, um, don't tell me it was a disclaimer underneath the Twitter post. Yeah, they changed the original post. And it says, I forgot what the disclaimer will say underneath, but it'll say, you know, basically in um, legal terms that the information presented is not true. I'm like, yeah, you better go back and renege because they was on that ass. That's what happened.
0: (laughs) And I'm surprised that people don't get on Instagram's ass like that. And maybe they do. And Instagram just doesn't care because I don't even understand why they control and censor content when you're posting to your subscribers or your close friends.
1: Yeah, what I think it is is I I think Instagram doesn't care because if you notice Facebook and Instagram is both Meta. Mhm. They already yeah. have us by the balls, so they can do whatever the fuck they want to do whereas Twitter, I don't think Twitter Twitter is more of a an independent entity now. Um I feel like with Twitter, Twitter used to be that girly, but I feel like Twitter has been on a decline. And I feel like they yes. still need us mm-hmm. in that regard. That's why there's not that much of the dictatorship as opposed to Facebook and Instagram, they've both merged together. I want to say like a few years ago. If you notice, it's all under meta, the meta. Yeah. Book. So I think that's why with them they really don't give a fuck. And they also have like a lot of um higher end people by the balls, like celebrities, da 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 da, da. So that's why that that's that. Whereas Twitter is more of a it's particular their audience is particularly fueled by that, that underclass, if you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Whereas Instagram is more so like the posers and the influencers and the so-called celebs, mm-hmm. that's their audience. Whereas Twitter, it's more of like the voice of those, the others to me. That's how I view it. Like Twitter, you'll notice like a lot more people being vocal. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what fuels the platform because specifically for that. Whereas to me, I feel like Instagram is more of an aesthetic platform so i feel like that's where they kind of differ
0: i'm glad you brought that um perspective here because it it, in and even for me because it it makes more sense one of those questions i asked in the beginning of this piece was what are some ways that we can get around the censorship and i think it's by creating our own platforms and websites and i feel like you've done that thank you for dialing in to another week of the Hunga Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Eric Cole. Be sure to tune in next Friday for part two of my sit down with Black Boy Fantasy. If you're listening on the Apple Podcast or on the Spotify Podcast app, leave a review, five stars. If you don't want to leave five stars, send me an email at hungapod at gmail.com and let me know your thoughts and how the show can do better. Have a good weekend and I'll talk to you all next week. Peace.